Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Witness Docs from Stitcher. This is an historic time. This could be the next 1918 pandemic. Why is it taking so long to get a screening test? Are you isolating yourself? Who do you count on? It's actually to protect you. Wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. I mean, you're the scientist. You're going to have to tell me. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to Science Rules, Coronavirus Edition. I'm your host, Bill Nye, and this is our special series in which we bring you the latest analysis and the science of this pandemic to keep you informed, prepared, and calm. We are all in this together, my friends, and as of today, April 13th, there have been over 22,000 COVID-19 deaths in the U.S., even though the U.S. is the world's third most populous country. This number, the number of deaths, is higher than in any other country in the world. The Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, the IHME, at the University of Washington, projects that the death rate will begin hitting its peak in many states in the U.S. this week, right now. So are we getting closer to the end of this pandemic, or is this just the beginning of a new phase? I suspect it's the beginning of a new phase. Paraphrasing Winston Churchill as best I can, this is not the end. This is not even the beginning of the end, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning, if you see what he's driving at there. Our guest today is Dr. Larry Brilliant. He is a leading epidemiologist who helped with the eradication of smallpox and has long warned the world of the threat of a new pandemic. Larry Brilliant has seen it all. So welcome to Science Rules, Dr. Brilliant. Thank you, Bill. It's really a pleasure to be with you. Uh, A pleasure, but we got a lot going on, and thank you for taking the time. Uh, Now, look, before we even talk about COVID-19, which is what's on everybody's mind, you were around, you you eradicated smallpox? Single-handedly, you know, no one else helped. You're the guy. Wow. No, no, of course not. Uh, Smallpox was eradicated in a 15-year program begun when a Russian professor, uh, Zhdanov, came to the UN and to WHO and said, let's get all the countries in the world together. Are there lessons to be learned? What did we do with smallpox that we should, or polio that we should or could be doing with COVID-19? Early detection, early response, rapid case finding, and then going after the area around each case with what we have at that time. 
So in the case of smallpox, we had a really good vaccine, but we still did isolation. We still did contact tracing. We still did gumshoe epidemiology, forward tracing, backward tracing. Gumshoe, gumshoe epidemiology? That's right. That's named after the kind of shoes you would wear when you would be stealthily going to find cases in hospitals. You, when you were a private, when you were a detective? or, or, well, or, or, or all, all epidemiologists are, are kind of, you know, disease detectives. That's sort of our... Yeah, so uh, what can we learn? Well, what we haven't done, we haven't found every case early on the way South Korea did, the way China did after a while in Wuhan. Uh, we haven't tracked down the viruses, the diseases, because we don't have any test kits, because CDC bungled it, then the Trump administration has downplayed the importance of having testing. Even this morning, I saw Trump say, well, we don't have to have that many tests. We don't need that many tests. But of course we do. We don't have any other way of finding a novel virus that looks like flu during flu season, unless we have tests to distinguish it from other diseases that have similar symptoms, but a very different outcome. Of course, even if you're pre-symptomatic, that you're spreading it by droplets. I mean, that's the cleverest, the most cleverest, the most annoying common cold is the one you don't get for two days after you shook hands with whoever it was. Even in smallpox, we had what's called a prodrome two to four days before you developed any physical signs of the disease in which you were perhaps the most infectious of all. Mm -hmm. So the same problem that we have with COVID. Um, yeah, it, it, this little uh, RNA virus that's, uh, that's wrapped in a, in a, a fatty sheath and a little a membrane, uh, it has a devilish uh, amount of intelligence for something that's not only a lot, not alive, but it's so tiny. Well, this is the thing. If you're a virus running experiments for 3.7 billion years, you're going to find a way in. I mean, that's the, that's it. The you, key you, to evolution you, is time, time, and more time with extra time you, added you, in. Bill, you've nailed it. I'm sure you've told your listeners that uh, if you are a virus, you would choose not to be Ebola. Because if you kill all of your clients, that's not a very good marketing plan. Yeah, right. And even though we now can bring the death rate from Ebola down to 20% from the 100 or 90% that it was when you and I went to school, or it was thought to be, um, it is still a bad, uh, it's a bad survival tactic for a virus to kill all of its customers or a large percentage of its customers. So are there lessons to be learned from Ebola, from polio, from smallpox, how you all, you and your team, or you were part of a team that managed to eradicate these extraordinary diseases. It, it, well, are there lessons case, to be learned? Yeah. Of course. In the case of smallpox, we, we, had, we literally had to find every virus in the world at around the same time and put a ring of immunity around it. The same thing is true in COVID, except we can't find it because it doesn't appear on your face as easily as it was to find smallpox. If we, if we use quarantine, which is a much more invasive a way of dealing with it than social distancing or physical distancing, which is kind of laissez-faire quarantining. You know, we're, we're using this uh, shotgun of laissez-faire social distancing or physical distancing because we've missed our big chance, uh, as the South Koreans did, to find every case, find all the contacts. And Bill, the South Koreans, with a tiny population compared to the U.S., had done 350,000 tests by the time we had done 35,000. And that's, that's, that's the calculus here. If you want to learn from smallpox, if you want to learn from polio eradication, 
It's early detection, rapid response, staying on top of it, not this kind of passive way of even social distancing as we're seeing it now is still a kind of Swiss cheese approach when what we really need are rifle shots. Well, the longest journey begins with a single step. So what do you recommend? We, we don't want to go 5,000 years with this thing, right? So what do you recommend in the short and medium term? I guess in the medium term, we're going to get as many skilled people as possible working on a vaccine. Before that, we're going to get as many skilled people as possible working on a test, testing techniques. But then what else? We're April 13th. And as you can see, there's a tremendous amount of pressure to, quote, open up the economy. I would take it exactly the opposite. I would say we, we look like we're ending into a plateau phase. I don't even like the idea that, you know, there's a peak that implies a Mount Shasta kind of, you know, mountain that has a, a downward slope that's as defined as the upward slope. I, I think we're going to see the crest of the first wave in a series of wave or wavelets. And, but there may be a trough or there may be a plateau. Let's use that and double down with intensity on finding every case. We don't have a vaccine. Let's respond by something that's almost as good, which is quarantine. And why is it almost as good? Because what drives this virus are three numbers. The r naught, which is the replication value, which is somewhere between 2.2 and 5.7. That's how many, you give, how many people you give it to if you've got it. That's right. right? On average. Yeah. That's an average. average. Right. And that's, that's called uh, replication. That's right. And that, that is the exponent of the exponential growth. And then there's the period by which that growth is multiplied. And that is the incubation period, or it is the generation time. In the case of COVID, it's about five or six days, call it a week. And then it's the density of susceptibles. How many people are susceptible? Well, it's a novel virus. That means 8 billion minus those who've recovered in China and in the United States and the rest of the world. It, it's, a, it's almost 8 billion possible customers for this virus. But it doesn't matter what, how bad the exponent is. If you're in a, in a room and you've got the disease and you've got an, an exponential spread of 50, if everybody in that room is vaccinated, your R value goes down to zero. There you go. And that's the reason we practice social distancing. If we remove everybody from being close to somebody who has the virus, then the R value goes down to zero, just as if everybody was vaccinated. We'll be back right after this. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. But how do you feel? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? Get to GNC. We'll help with solutions to address those side effects and keep you going on your journey. GNC. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. 
From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. What are the chances of a good vaccine? How long did it take to get a polio vaccine? Oh, it 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 took decades to get it. Yeah, Fifty years, vaccine. sixty years, and then from the time we had a smallpox vaccine to the time we eradicated smallpox was two hundred years. Yeah. But but I think realistically, I think we will have a vaccine, and I think we'll have it faster than we've ever had one before. So when uh, Tony Fauci says twelve to eighteen months, I think that's right, and I think he's usually right. So let's go with that. So let's say we let's say we develop a vaccine. I say we. Well, then what? How do ah. we pick who gets it when? Ah. How much does it cost? Who pays for it? Who loses money? Whose profit is destroyed? Who's, who makes yeah, money? This is, this, is, this is the part that never gets discussed. It's like, you know, you think that this is going to end with a bang, but it's not. It's going to end with a vaccination program. So 12 to 18 months from now, we have a vaccine, but America doesn't make vaccines. Bill Gates, thank God, has just said he's going to fund creating six vaccine factories in the United States. That may or may not done, be done in time. But wherever the vaccine is made, then there's going to be a food fight over who gets it. And then even when it's distributed, we have 200 plus countries that need to have that vaccine delivered to the most peripheral, farthest part away from the capital city, away from power in the poorest and most vulnerable part of each of those countries. And that's going to take a global campaign like the polio eradication program, like the smallpox eradication program, not really an eradication program, but it's going to have a lot of those same characteristics of leadership. People from every country will have to work together in harmony. And it comes down to this always, doesn't it, Bill? We're all in it together. We need a global response to a global problem. And that's going to begin in real earnest when we have a vaccine. So if we don't get everybody immunized and would pick a number, 15 years or whatever it is, 10 years, is it going to mutate? There'll be another one? COVID-20? I don't... I mean, it could. It could. Uh, viruses mutate all the time. But I don't think that will happen. I don't think it will mutate that much. I don't think it will become that endemic. And it depends upon us. If we work to snuff out the last remaining embers of the forest fire, then the virus won't be able to become endemic. Um, it depends more on public will. Uh, than it does on, on anything else. But I do want to mention one thing um, because you're the science guy. So there is a, a reciprocal relationship between the r not and how many people we need to vaccinate or allow to get the disease before we're safe. By r not, you mean the uh, reproducibility. Uh, how many people That's get correct. infected from somebody uh, infecting them? That's correct. And it's, so, so it's more than one, less than 10. What is just three point? What is it? Well, it's, it's some, it could be 5.7, which is one recent study, or it could be 2.2, which is the original. Half that, yeah. So the way that you compute what you need to have in herd immunity. So the formula is 
A plus B, where A is the percent of people who are vaccinated, B is the percent of people who have got the disease and become immune. That's that's what we call herd immunity. So the way you calculate what you need to have in herd immunity, it's one minus one divided by that R value. Uh It's one divided by 5.7, one minus one divided by 5.7. It's 80 80 some odd percent. Mm -hmm. That's how many we have to vaccinate and or we'll get the disease before this this virus hits the limit of herd immunity. So are you optimistic or pessimistic? I hope I'm realistic. Um, I think that we have uh, two or three years of a bumpy ride. This is not um, a zombie apocalypse, not a mass extinction event. Uh, I think that the biggest danger is that we not, let me put it this way. The, the best thing we need is radical transparency so that we all know exactly where we stand all the time. Then I have confidence that as a nation or as a world, we'll do the right thing. If we don't have that information, if we don't know where the virus is, if we don't have sufficient testing, if we don't have truth being told at every level, then I worry that the virus becomes one more in a long list of problems that can lead to a very dysfunctional future. Well, let's not have a dysfunctional future, my friends. Let's get this done. So everybody, when you see the uh, plateau, when you see, let's say this week, April 13th, is when we start to see a decrease, a gentle, slow, not especially big decrease in infections and death, don't stop, right? Dr. Brilliant, double down, quarantine yourself, physically isolate, physically distance, social distance, physically distance, turn this podcast up loud. And uh, the fatty outside of COVID-19 virus makes it especially susceptible to soap and water. So wash your hands, people. Bill, can I say something? Please. I wanted to remind people that a novel virus that encounters any one of us, however our wealth, however our status is, the virus just sees us as one more person to attack. So whoever you are, you are vulnerable unless we all get rid of this disease together. Thank you. Brilliant, Dr. Brilliant. (laughs) Thank you very much for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. Larry Brilliant, for taking the time to speak with us today and remind everybody of how serious this is and how our individual action affects everybody potentially in the whole world. Dr. Brilliant, thank you so much. If you want to join the conversation out there, uh, Science Rules Coronavirus Edition listeners, leave us a voicemail about your experience during all this, during the pandemic. The phone number is 201-472-0785. 201-472-0785. Once again, our guest today has been Dr. Larry Brilliant, uh, a clinician who became an epidemiologist. That's right, you heard me. I'm Bill Nye, and my friends, this is a global pandemic. We are all in this together, all of us, all members of humankind, citizens of the earth. Now more than ever, science rules. And if you like science rules, coronavirus edition, please take a moment to rate and review it in Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher. It helps us out. It helps other people learn about the show. So thank you. 
Science Rules Coronavirus Edition is produced by Witness Docs, which is part of Stitcher. The show is individually produced by Stephanie Karayuki, Claire Rawlinson, and Corey S. Powell. Our editor today is Tracy Samuelson. Our engineer is Luce Fleming, who also mixed this episode. Peter Clowney is our executive producer. Special thanks once again to Casey Halford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer at Stitcher. And at Stitcher, everyone, science rules. One more thing, well, three more things. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.